Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's just begin in verse number 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. For fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, because these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be, there, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, having no fellowship with the unfruitful workers of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask to touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. Help us to be what we need to be. In the precious name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. In these verses we just read, the Apostle Paul speaks about several different walks. Uh, Paul illustrates things that we all can grasp. That's why he uses the word like walking. We all know something about walking. We all walked in here tonight. And he speaks of several different types of walk in this passage. The first one you'll see is the separate walk. Said he, be ye there, uh, followers of God, dear children, walk in love as Christ has also loved you. Then he began to give us the qualifications of this walk in verse 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, speaking of these things Christians should avoid. I realize today in Christianity that word separate is a dirty word today. If you speak of being separated today, they will label you as being a narrow-minded uh, legalist, and, and you hate uh, and you're ugly to sinners. But can I say separation is still a commandment of God for the church and for each of His children. These are still, there's some people that you still should avoid and there's some things people should not hang out with. Uh, there's some places you should not go and there's things you should keep uh, your mind and your heart pure of. And separation is still a requirement to live the Christian life effectively and for glory and honor of God. The Bible says to come out from among them. Be separated, saith the Lord. Not, touch not the unclean thing, but I will receive you. That's not just an Old te Testament theology. Paul grabs a hold of that and brings it into, sticks it right into the book of 1 Corinthians, dealing with the church of Corinth, telling them there are some things that God wants you and us to be separate ourselves from. Uh, and from the world in which we live in. I, I'm, I'm amazed today at the state of many churches that we have across our country today. This idea of this is we need to uh, let our standards down. We, we need to uh, break down the walls of separation between us and the world. 
so that we can win more people. We need to bring in the world's uh, idea of music uh, and get rid of the pulpit and have a stool here and just have a rap session going on in churches today. Jesus said, I'll make you fisher of men. I've never known a fisher, somebody that goes fishing, dress up like a fish to catch fish. They usually throw the bait out in the water, reel it in and let the fish get catch hold of the bait. And that's what he's talking about. He says, you need to be separated from that. You don't need to act like the world to gain the world. You need to be separated so the world can see that there's something different about you. When you start looking like the world, acting like the world in the church, you're no longer, no, no longer a church. You've just become a social club in this world today. It is still our job to live our life separate from the world and appoint people to the Savior. Not only do we see the, the separate walk, we see the shameful walk in verse number 12. For it is a shame ever to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. In verse 11 he said, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful workers, but rather reprove them. These people, the world and the media that holds in high esteem and high regard, somebody that you should look up to and, and let your children look up to, and the, they said this is the standard, this is the way we measure success in the world today, you need to look at them. But let me just say this, those people are, are still an abomination in the eyes of God today. Uh, the entertainment world today, they will look and say, this is, the, this is how you should measure your life by these. But they look at and say, this is the uh, biggest failure I've ever seen. And when they die from some drug-induced uh, rampage of sickness, they will try to preach them into heaven and say they were a good and moral person today. They call them good role models for Christian people today. There are still some people the Bible says that you are to be ashamed of and they're ashamed in the eyes of God. You should stay away from those people today. But then we see the sleepwalk, verse number 14. Therefore he said, Awake thou sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, Speculally, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming of the time because the days are evil. Romans 13, 11, it says, And that knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of the sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. When Paul said it's high time to wake out of that sleep, that word high means it, is a, it, it has, a, has advanced to its full, fullness. It, it, it is a, 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 a it's climatic end. Can I say that's where we're at today? It is high time that we have reached the fullness that the climatic end is about to come and the church is about ready to get out of here and, and we're heading to glory. It's time, time that we wake up out of our sleep and get busy doing something for God today. We live like the, the apostles said in 1 Thessalonians, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I looked up some medical facts about sleepwalkers. It amazed me. 
My brother, when we was young, he used to sleepwalk a lot. And I, and I see the, some of the characteristics of a sleepwalker sitting in the pews today. Amen. Now the doctor said that these people are, are sleepwalking. Uh, they may sit up and look like they're awake. Got their eyes wide open. They look like they're awake, but yet they're still asleep. They get up and they walk around and they do complex activities. They get up, they get dressed, they get undressed, uh, uh, they go to the restroom, they move furniture around, and some is being even known to get up and go and drive a vehicle. And they yet they'll be asleep walking. You can get a reaction out of some people today. No matter what you thought, you can't get them to move. They've seen you. Know, you talk and preach about the things going on, but yet they've seen it on TV. They said, "You know what? Everything that you preach about, I, I've seen on TV. You cannot scare me. They've seen all this stuff on TV. You cannot move me." We're living in a day they have eyes and see not, and hears and ears and cannot hear. So we're preaching on this spiritual sleepwalkers tonight. Spiritual sleepwalkers tonight. Give you some three things right quick. Uh, we see the people that sleepwalk. It, it's not the lost world that Paul is talking to, and he is not writing these passages uh, to sinners that are on their way to hell. Paul is pointing his fingers uh, to, uh, but Paul is pointing his fingers at the church tonight. Paul is pointing his fingers at the saint of God tonight. Do you realize this evening the world are not uh, sleepwalkers? They are dead men walking today. The Bible says they are dead in trespass and sins. Uh, and you walk around zombies all day long. They'll walk around living on the outside, but on the inside, they're dead today. But that's not the case with Christians. We have been enlightened. We have been awakened. We have, uh, have been made alive and quickened by the Spirit of God. What amazes me is that so many Christians have walked back into the graveyard that God has saved them out of. They have slid back and laid back down in the grave uh, and they have the form and characteristics of a dead man today. That's why Paul said, Awake from the dead, thou that sleepest. He didn't say you're dead. He said you're back out there in the dead again. You're back in the graveyard. Have you ever seen anybody that's in a deep ram sleep? I mean one of those deep ram. I don't get those deep ram sleeps. But someone that's in a deep ram sleep and you could put that person right next to a freshly dead person, you cannot tell them apart. They both look like they're dead. But one is just sleeping and one is just dead. One is saved. One is dead. It, it looks, they, they look like the world. They talk like the world. Dress like the world. And yet they say they're saved and they're on their way to heaven, but yet they're dead. I, I do 
believe that a Christian can backslide. I know there's people who say you can't. You can walk into the world, but I don't believe you'll be happy in it. I, I, I believe that the Holy Ghost on the inside will make you miserable. It, it will draw you back to God. I, I believe that salvation in your life will do something uh, that will change you. Many Christians in the world today are like Samson of old. They've laid their heads down in the lap of the Delilah of this world and had been lulled asleep by the lullabies of this world and had went back to sleep and went to sleep on God. And in the day in which we live in, there are no value to God anymore. There are no service to the church. God can't use them no more. So God puts them up and has to get somebody else. I would hate that be a testimony of mine that God said I'm dead and no value of Him anymore. When it's all said and done, God couldn't use me. God couldn't help me. That was my life, no value to God. I, I'd hate that that be my testimony. Do you realize it's real easy to go to sleep? I'm in your right conditions. I mean, you get in that right position and you get that calmness, the quietness, the stillness, and all of a sudden, you can go to sleep. I've seen plenty of people go to sleep when I preach. I've seen them nod out. I've seen them shake their heads and they catch themselves about ready to fall out the pews. You get real comfortable with everything that's going on around you. It is very easy to fall asleep. Amen. I, I, I used to pull some all-nighters in the military. I'd have duty. You work all day long, then you have to pull duty all night long. I know what it's like to stand there and, and try to catch yourself. Try to catch yourself. You were not allowed to go to sleep on duty. It was a, it was a no, no. If they catch you, because there were people walking around looking for those who sleep on duty. Wouldn't it be something we walk around in church checking everybody in church making sure they ain't sleep? But I can tell you what, they'll never know who is and who ain't because you're sitting there with your eyes wide open, got that appearance, but yet you're sleeping on the inside. Amen. It's easy to fall asleep spiritually. Easy to fall asleep spiritually. It's easy to fall asleep on God. I found that many saints did not mean to fall asleep on God. They did not mean to lose their fire. They didn't mean to lose the zeal for the Lord, but just daily grind, getting their feet dirty in the world, having to live in this world, going to church Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday over and over and over. It gets real easy to fall spiritually asleep on God doing it over and over and over. They have gotten comfortable on God. It's the same routine over and over until finally they've gone to sleep on the Savior. There, there is a uh, lot of, uh, what do you call that sleep thing? Narcolepsy. There's a lot of that going on in the churches today. They've gone to sleep on God. A narcoleptic could be talking to you. And then all of a sudden just 
fall out. And you don't know how long they'll be falling out. They might be out for three or four minutes. They might be out an hour. We used to have a lady down in Florida. She sat on the front pew. Wonderful woman. All of a sudden, she'd be looking at you. No. She'd fall out. She could go to the stoplight. The stoplight just changed red. She'd be sitting there next to the no. People blowing horns because she's gone. It's easy to fall asleep on God. There are a lot of saints are like that in the church today. Their fire has gone out. You can't give them too much. I've seen people come to church and get on fire right off quick. You know, in three, three or four weeks, they're on fire. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to help with this. I want to sing. I want to teach. I want to get all that. It don't take long. And then all of a sudden, they're not around anymore because they done lost. They didn't got sleep. And you don't see them no more for three or four months. And they come back and say, hey, I'm here again. They've gone to sleep on God. Can I say this? When you go to sleep on God, now listen to this. When you go to sleep on God, you're going to miss the presence of God. You'll miss the presence of God. Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the uh, top of the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. When God on the inside was about ready to show himself on the outside of man and Peter and John and James was going to be able to see that. They was going to see the God of glory on the inside of Jesus come out and Elijah and and, and, uh, Moses was there with them. They were going to see it but they turned around and what it said, Peter, James and John was asleep. You go to sleep, and you go to sleep in a church when God starts moving, when the Spirit starts moving. Somebody raised their hand, and God starts moving, and people come down to the altar and just start crying and praying to God. And next thing you're giving God the glory. He's just seeing things going. God starts moving around, and you're sitting there wide-eyed but asleep. You're going to miss the presence of God in your life. I've seen that over and over in people's life where they just get so wrapped up in themselves that they miss the presence of God. Amen. God be moving. God be dealing with people. But nothing's happened to them. They're sitting in the pews. Eyes are open, but they're really not here. They're not here. They miss the presence of God. We can miss the presence of God. They miss the perfect will of God. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Takes the same three, Peter, James, and John with him. Says, Yahweh here, pray. He goes a little further. He comes back. He's praying, God. He said, Lord, uh, let this cup pass from me. But when he comes back, he finds them asleep. He wake him up, catch all of us, pray for a little bit. He says, pray, and then he goes back, and he starts praying again to God. And he comes back again, and there they are sleeping again. Can you not wait, pray with me just for a little bit? They're sleeping. They're sleeping. They miss the perfect will of God. And this is why, they li- and listen to me. If you have prayed about the will of God like Jesus prayed, 
they would have been just resigned to Jesus going across as Jesus was. He came back three times when they were sleeping. The third time he come back, you know what he said? He didn't say wake. He said sleep on. Sleep on. I'm afraid there are Christians today have gone to sleep on God and he keeps coming and says, uh, why don't you pray? Uh, why don't you get up? Uh, uh, wake up out of that sleep. Uh, and he keeps coming and keeps coming. And next thing you know, he's going to say, sleep on. Sleep on. I, I, I don't want to be in that condition. They missed the perfect will of God because they didn't pray like Jesus prayed. Jesus resigned to go on the cross because he had the perfect will of God. Peter, James, and John wasn't. Peter wasn't because in the garden when he come to get Jesus, he didn't say, hey, I'm going to kill you. He said, no. But Peter drew his sword and cut his man's ear off. He wasn't resigned to Jesus going to the cross, but Jesus had perfect peace because he had prayed about it. We see... The people that sleepwalk. The problem with sleepwalking. Sleepwalkers are greatly impaired. I found out that sleepwalkers can't do what other people do. They, they're impaired when it comes to listening. They have problems listening. They have problems not necessarily hearing, but listening. A sleepwalker can hear what is being told to them. Do this, do that. They just follow the voice that is speaking to them. The sleepwalker can hear what's being told to them. The devil knows. <laughs> the devil knows when you're sleepwalking. The devil knows that, hey, you're sitting in church, you're wide-eyed, but you're, you're not here, you're asleep, and the devil will get in your ear and start telling you to do this, do that, and all you hear is that voice. You ain't hearing the voice of God because you're asleep, and the devil will get in your ear and tell you to do this and to do, do that. Amen. I find the reason why so many Christians are fighting, fleeing, and forsaking the Word of God are the ones that have been sleepwalking, have missed God's will for their life. And Acts was a problem with a boy named Eutychus. He was sitting in the window while Paul was preaching. Instead of getting close to the preacher, instead of getting up where he could hear the preacher and get a hold of the preacher, he was hidden back. The Bible said he went to sleep and fell out the window, dead. Fell out the window, dead. Because he didn't, hit, didn't wasn't listen to preaching. Listen, many young people sitting in churches today listening but not really putting it to their hearts. When they get 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, they get their car, they get their clothes, uh, and they hit the road thinking I'm doing it on my own. They become like the prodigal son. They go to a far country and they fall asleep and fall out of the church 
and die spiritually. And the reason why is because they heard but did not listen to what's being said. This is the problem with the modern movement we have in church today. People hear what is being said, but they're not really listening to what's being said. Just to listen to them, listen to them on the TV, they'll tell you that the Word of God and the people flock to them. They're not telling the Word of God. They're not preaching the Word of God. They're just telling you what you want to hear. You ever wonder why people are sitting in the pews? How can they, how many people can be sitting in those pews that is so Bible illiterate that they don't understand and hear what is being preached? Thousands of them, thousands of them. They're not hearing but just the trash that's being preached. Listen to all the wrong voices is the problem. Can I tell you when the right voice is? The right voice is when you find a church that preaches the old timey way, that gets in the Bible and preaches what thus said the Word of God said, and you feel the presence of God, and you got people shouting, you got people attention, and you got people attentive to what's going on in the Word. That's the old time way. That's the old time singing. That's where you find the presence of God. That's where you find people that awake, that's not sleeping on God. They haven't missed the will of God. They haven't missed the presence of God because they know what the Word of God says. They're not listening to the wrong voices. They're not listening to family. They're not listening to friends. I find if I listen to my own self, I've got problems. I am my own worst enemy tonight. I've gotten myself in a lot of trouble. Listening is a problem tonight. They also had a problem with looking. They had a problem with vision. I read about this man, he was asleep, he thought he was asleep, but he heard a gunshot. He woke up, popped up out of sleep, and then when he did, he had a gun in his hand. And he looked down, he done shot himself in the foot. Because he was asleep, but he was up walking around. I read another story, this lady was asleep in the bed, Got up out of her bed, went out in the garage, got her car and backed out of the garage, got on and drove down to a cypress swamp, got out of her car and walked out in the swamp, laid down and went to sleep. She woke up the next morning and tried to figure out how in the world did I get here? No vision. Couldn't see. She lost it. You, you, you've got problems in the church today. People are not hearing. People are not seeing. A lot of people like it. They don't see the dangers. They're about to be inflict on themselves. They don't see the danger they're about to inflict on friends and families and loved ones because they're sleepwalking. I'm telling you, the reason you've got there is, you're not looking. There are others that look and say, don't go this way. Don't do that. Don't listen to that. They say, well, I'm all right, preacher. I've got it under control. And you don't see them. When they come back, they wonder, how in the world did they get so far away from God? Why, why didn't I see that coming? 
because they're not looking, they're not listening. You, you see these people says, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's the problem, you ain't seeing. You're not seeing. Bible talks about over in Ezekiel, chapter 33, Ezekiel had been a, was a tremendous preacher. And the Lord said, Ezekiel, these people say about you, you have a pleasant voice. You can play well. But they're not going to do what you say to do. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you, Ezekiel. I've, I've found that we have gotten to that place today in the church. People say, man, they have a lot of power. They can preach. They can sing. It, but it's become just like a performance. Rate it like a movie. Oh, I'll give that one a 10. I'll give that one a 7. If all we do is rate the, the preaching and rate the singing, it's done us no bit of good. Preaching is not meant to be rated. I, I, I'm not shooting at your head. I'm not shooting at your feet. To, and listen me to tell you, I'm telling you right now, when I preach, I'm shooting at your heart because that's where God says that, at your heart. I'm aiming for your heart tonight. I don't want your mind. I don't want your toes. I want your heart tonight. Then Paul gives us a plead to the sleepwalkers. Verse 15 and 16, Paul said, See, then you walk circumspectly as a fool, not as a fool, but as a wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul makes a plead. See that you walk. See that you walk not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He's simply saying, wake up, wake up. Wake thou out of that sleep. Arise from the dead, he said. Simply wake up. When Jesus was praying in the garden, he comes back and said to them, wake up, wake up. Second time he comes back, say, wake up wake up. Third time he comes back he says, sleep on. Sleep on. Paul is pleading with the Christian people today. Like I said, he's writing this to Christians. He's writing to the church. You need to wake up out of that dead sleep that you're in. And I see that we are in sleep. The church is asleep today. Then he said, walk circumspectly. That means watch. Watch yourself. Keep yourself guarded. Walk as a Christian, not as the world. Yeah. Paul is pleading this, hey, we need to live the life that God has called us to live in the world that we live in today so others may see your walk that is not like their walk. Your walk is something different. Uh, I'm telling you, if we got a walk that we say we are Christians, we're walking with our heads up, our eyes open, and we're walking for God, doing God's will. Amen. Yeah. 
Are we asleep tonight? Are we awake tonight? Paul tells us, Paul warns us, it's easy to fall asleep in church. It's easy to fall spiritually asleep on God. You lose the intended, you lose the desire and the zeal, and you get through that motions over and over and over. The fire dims out. The fire doesn't burn, but I'm trying to stoke the fire. Every time I step in the pulpit, I want to stoke the fire that it does not burn out because if the fire goes out, you'll go to sleep. So let's keep the fire burning. Let's keep it moving. Amen. Because I'm telling you what, we're closer today than we've ever been before. He's coming back. He's coming back. We need to be ready. We've got to get up and do the work of God. Amen. Do the will of the Father. Amen.